0: This foot still is perfect. Or foot blob. Foot. What is it?
1: Oh, good. Yeah. I forgot it's the first episode with you and your blob.
0: Oh. Just a little bit extra. A little bit extra boost for my short legs. Because they are short.
1: And super sexy.
0: They're not apples, they're legs. Hey, flush the toilet. Too busy to flush.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR.
0: And I'm Molly.
1: And if this is your first time joining us, thank you so much for being here. We are a married couple of 15
0: 15
1: years, somewhere in there. Um, We've been together for 16 uh, plus, 15 plus, 16, I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about that now. (laughs) We have four kids, 13, 11, 9, and 5, and um, we homeschool. We live in Montana, Um, and this is our, this is where we invite you around our digital table, and you can just kind of enjoy life, sit back and relax like we are. I'm drinking my tea, Molly's drinking
0: I'm drinking home-brewed ginger beer.
1: Home-brewed ginger beer. A friend of mine recently asked me for that recipe, so I shared it. If you want the recipe, we can share it with you.
0: It's a it's a fermented probiotic beverage, and even though it's called ginger beer, it doesn't have it. It has a, the equivalent alcoholic content to kombucha, which is negligible. Uh, I think... I'm not sure why it's called ginger beer versus ginger ale. It's basically ginger ale, but... Just a couple of ingredients and naturally fizzy.
1: And it's good for your immune system or something. It
0: is. The ginger, the gut, the ferment, it's good for you all around.
1: Yeah. Um, I, Molly, I just want to like just breathe in, <sighs> breathe out. <laughs> Take in the surroundings of the studio. It's quiet.
0: This is like a meditation. Relax. are we Are we doing a guided meditation no. for people this week instead um, of a podcast?
1: In case you guys... <laughs> <laughs> you guys, last week was just short, felt like just short of a nightmare. And I was filling up my tea in preparation for this episode and I was trying to remember why. I remember the kids being extra horrible and I don't remember the... I don't remember why we just ran out of time to record a podcast. Um, Um, But it was. I had. uh...
0: uh, So there. Yeah. It was mostly just stress from the kids. But I had Cana Vox work. Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, probably triple what my normal load is, because what normally is spaced out throughout the month all landed on that week because of cancellations and rescheduling and some extra stuff that I've taken on for a short amount of time. And so I was not able to, I think part of what contributed as I'm looking in retrospectively, part of what contributed to the kids being out of control is that I was not, I didn't have us on our normal schedule and I was harried and distracted and overwhelmed and was therefore was not able to, help regulate the kids in the way that I Mm. ideally normally do. But also, yeah, they were all grumpy in their own right and still probably somewhat recovering from the sickness. So I wasn't getting them out of bed in the way that I normally would. And I had one kid snap at me for getting them. I will use a plural gender neutral, they, them, not because I'm a (laughs) pronoun person, but so that it doesn't give away which child it was. I had a child snap at me for getting them out of bed at 920. And I was like, "Uh, at this point, we're beyond you need your sleep and we're moving into you're lazy. And that's a problem. So starting this week, I have been getting that child out of bed at 730, except for today because our smoke alarm went off at three o'clock this morning, three eighteen to be precise. That's right. And it was the smoke alarm that's integrated with our house security system. And so it went off all over the house for what, 30 seconds and then just went off Mm -hmm. and then didn't come back on. It didn't register on our app or anything, but uh, we only had one kid wake up and get really kind of kerfuffled by it. But it was the same kid that I was going to wake up and, make take a walk with me so that they were up, moving around, getting some exercise, ideally some endorphins from the exercise, some fresh air and sunshine, vitamin D on their eyes, help the morning sunshine regulate the circadian rhythm and make waking up early, early, 7.30 is not early for most people, by, you know, a little bit less painful. Uh, This week is not a cakewalk, kid-wise, but I feel like because... We're more on it. Uh, it's not nearly as bad as... And also, they were so amped up about Valentine's Day, or Valentine's Day, as some of them say. And, I mean, it was messes all over the house. Like, three days of crafts and messes and excitement and, and not a ton of extra sugar. We didn't really do much extra sugar, and we homeschooled, so we weren't exchanging valentine's but anyway just all the things they were so amped up about it and um anyway yeah it was it it, and we had other people we were not we didn't oh and then tuesday morning i was on a call and jr looked out the back window and there was a strange dog tossing a chicken around in our backyard we
1: didn't know it was a chicken at the time but it certainly looked like a chicken And the girls are like, oh, look, that dog has something. There's a dog in our backyard. And they weren't even... Because I'm like, that dog looks like it's got a chicken. And um, yeah, a neighbor's dog got into our chickens. And, you know, we don't have... We've got just a poly netting fence. When it jumps over the fence, it rips the fence. So anyway, um, the dog got into the chickens, killed one of our chickens, and it's this pit bull husky mix thing. So like the worst... Dog combination you could get wouldn't it come has near. In it? Certainly looks like oh, it.
0: Oh, I thought it looked just like a husky.
1: Came no, came uh wouldn't come towards the and Couldn't I. catch it. Couldn't catch it Checking out there. The and then the owner shows up, a lady with two young kids in her car. She's on crutches. One of her kids is in the hospital. All this stuff, and you just like, I want to shoot your dog, but, but I also feel
0: badly for you. And- I
1: it's hard enough and they're mortified of course as yeah. one should be but
0: so anyway it was um, it was it's the first time we've lost we've known that it will happen because we did not fence out for mm-hmm. predators we put up some temporary fencing
1: keep our chickens in and have not come up with sh- a
0: solution to a long-term solution at, at
1: least not an affordable long-term yeah. solution um
0: so but but we're feeling the pressure to do that because just yesterday no monday today's wednesday monday the dog Got out of their house again. They they have small kids. I don't know what their family dynamic was like, because they also had a teenage boy here with them trying to catch. And the dad was here because it was President's Day and he was off of work. So he was trying to catch the dog. The dog was ornery and impossible to catch. So I herded all of the chickens into their little enclosed coop area. But um, but they had a teenage boy and then I think some little kids in a car that they had driven over once they realized the dog had gotten out. It did not kill any chickens. There was a chicken that was wedged in between a building and a straw bale, re- like tightly enough that she couldn't get out. I had to pull her out. But she didn't seem harmed. There were some of her feathers strewn about our pen area. But uh, anyway, that was the first time that we've lost... A chicken to a predator, which we kind of figured was inevitable, but it's still a little bit of a uh, takes your breath away, kind of makes you rethink things, and then you're on high alert. But our chicken area, we can't see from our house, so we can't exactly keep an eye on them and we can't keep them in this tiny mm-hmm. space. And so, uh, yeah, it's just a constant when she get, when's this dog going to come back, kind of stressful. Way of yeah, living.
1: it'd be nice if I could, if we lived closer, if I could time it right, where dog shows up. I find out before they notice the dog goes missing and then I murder the dog and then I take its air tag and yeah, throw it on a train. To,
0: right. You have to do something with the dog's air
1: Yeah, <laughs> Throw it on the train and then be like, I don't know what happened to your dog. But here's the clincher to all that is I can't in like I don't have the constitution to do that. There are a lot of things that I'm not cold hearted enough to do. And I think that's one of them. Somebody's pet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And a chicken, I mean, on the scale of things, we would probably be pretty upset if our dog killed somebody's chicken and they killed our Ah. dog in retaliation. But the problem is that this is like the dog beelines for our house now when it escapes and it lives at least half a mile, if not more away. It's not like this is immediate neighbor's. We've never met them before. They don't live in our neighborhood. They live in the next neighborhood over, and so we. But we need to figure out a way to keep this dog out, anyway. uh, And then just now, as I was coming down to record with JR at two o'clock, and it's now two forty. Uh, Lily comes in and she says, "I think this chicken. I think there's something wrong with this chicken." (laughs) And I was like, "Well, you can't just. I mean, I appreciate you noticing it and reporting it." But you need to do something about it. Can you bring it in so I can take a look at it? And it's panting, like chicken. You guys, if you have not been up close with chickens, they are so weird. So this chicken is panting. Its beak is wide open, and its tongue is like flicking up and down inside its mouth as it's obviously like not breathing well. They kind of like their panting, kind their... of like
1: panting like a dog. Instead of having the tongue hang out of the mouth,
0: it, it's, it just stays in and just goes yeah. Up it hand. almost is like like a not forked lizard or snake tongue but it's flipping up and down inside its mouth instead of in and out anyway uh i'm i'm starting to you know sometimes god gives you re moments of reassessing what you think of yourself and i've had several of those (laughs) in the last couple of (laughs) um couple of months where i'm like you know i always thought that i was this type of person or at least it, throughout my adult life I have thought that I was X type of person and I it turns out that I'm not and uh you know given our our loss of chicken life in the last month and that we have another sick chicken and you just like you don't know what's wrong with the chicken it could be dead by dinnertime it could be there could be nothing wrong with it I don't know I gave it the vet rx uh, respiratory illness uh oil that I got at the farm store that helped the chicken beans who was making a honking noise when she was breathing. (laughs) That was while all of the other kids were sick. So we had sick kids lying on couches all over the place. And then a chicken who literally every time she breathed in and out was like, (laughs) (laughs) and she was, she spent the night inside and got lots of this rubbed over. You rub it on their comb and their crest and this particular chicken right now has a tiny crest and hardly any comb and or waddle. And so I just rubbed it on her neck and then under their wings, there's kind of a bald spot where they're at the front where their wing meets their body. So you rub it under there cause that's close to their lungs. And then you have them drink some of this and it has like oregano oil and menthol. It's almost like a vapor rub, Vicks vapor rub, but <laughs> for natural chickens. stuff for chickens. Vicks so anyway, for chickens. Um, that's, that's where we're at right now. And yeah, that's why JR has me breathing deeply because, uh, yeah, I just dashed from a quiet,
1: safe space.
0: (laughs) Safe space. I just dashed from wrapping up school with a kid to being a chicken doctor and having no idea what I'm doing. And yeah, here we go. Yeah, I
1: mean, when you have animals like this, not only do you have just these ups and downs, things too, but we're. You're like, well, we can't go anywhere because we have like, unless we have somebody to wash the chickens, like you're just stuck. The moment you have livestock, you like stop traveling for your, for the rest of your life. <laughs> Which is. I'm,
0: yeah. I mean, the chickens can stay in their little pen area cooped up for a couple of days with adequate food and water. It just doesn't feel super kind to them to keep them super cooped up for long. And the rabbit, same. He's fine for a couple of days. Uh, the dog is not, he, we don't have a fenced yard, so he has to be let out. So he's only fine for a couple of hours. And, um, and the cats hypothetically are, but they kind of like us. And so they like being around us and we feel guilty leaving them alone. But yeah, it, um, (laughs) everything has. Anyway,
1: I did solve, I did catch more mice in the van. So that's cool. If anybody's following the van thing. So I'm about ready to put it back together, but I've got like one. I'm waiting for one wire part. Yeah, to replace a busted part. Anyway, I feel like you and I were out somewhere doing something recently. We had a really good conversation about something, and it (laughs) occurred to me. I thought this would be great for the podcast, but we'll just have it together by ourselves at this restaurant.
0: Well, where we were out was we, my mom watched the kids, my mom and dad watched the kids on Saturday night and we went out to dinner and then we went to see the Lucky Valentines, which JR. so you guys might remember, I don't expect you to remember, but you might remember that this fall JR. drove to a town, it's not a city, is it? A town. Uh, oh,
1: it's definitely not a city. close. One of the coolest. I would move to Fort Benton.
0: It's it's called Fort Benton. It's north of Great Falls, if you're a Montana person. Pretty close to the Canadian border. Getting up there. Actually, right on the Lewis and Clark route. In fact, when JR went up there before, I was corrected by his dad because they lived in the area. And uh, there's a river. Well, they
1: lived... they didn't live in the area. Right. They lived way north of the area. Well, there's
0: a river that, one, I now I can't remember if it was Lewis or Clark, took a little side voyage to explore and named it, it. Her name was Maria, this gal. He named the river in honor of her, but all the locals call it the Marias River. And I thought it was Maria's River because it's named after somebody named Maria. Uh, but it's the Marias River. So it's right on the Lewis and Clark exploration route. Neat little town, but there's also a a company called Montana Flowering Grains that sells very reasonably priced organic grain that's non GMO. yeah, and is um so there's camu, which is sourced from like an ancient grain, and a lot of it is grown in Montana, and just has a more digestible. Makeup than wheat for a lot of people, and also a lot of health benefits, as well as a couple of different kinds of wheat berries. And I inherited a little wheat grinder from my mom, and so I incorporate fresh, freshly ground wheat into some of the the bread. And you guys, Fort Benton is just stuff. is.
1: I was I was driving.
0: So anyway, I send Jr up there to buy about 400 pounds of of grain.
1: She sends me up there to buy 400 pounds of grain, and I'm I'm about five miles away, according to my navigation, and it's flat prairie. I see nothing. I'm like, I get within like two miles. I still see nothing. I'm like, I should be seeing a town at some point. (laughs) And it wasn't until half a mile, quarter mile away. I still couldn't see anything. And then I drop down into a canyon in onto the river and I cross a bridge over the river. And the moment I dropped and came around the hill, I saw the town kind of open up in front of me right along the riverbank. And it's not, it's up a little bit, kind of like on a, on a cliff. So if the river was cutting through kind of a, uh, you know, it was sitting up high, but I, I saw the bridge in the town was like one, the main street of the town is super pretty. The main street's right on right on the edge. And then there's like a walkway and a parkway that whole length. And then on the other side of the street are a bunch of these old historic buildings, buildings that have all been completely renovated, like two stories with balconies. So, you know, you'll have this upper story, upper mm-hmm. level balcony over the street and then the lower level. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. So like the first two... The first two... Uh,
0: so when you... So all of this to say, you guys... After JR got our grain, he stopped for coffee on his way out of town. Yeah. And was it a coffee hut or an actual coffee? Like a brick and mortar? It was a
1: coffee shop, brick and mortar coffee shop. And the barista asked me about my shirt. I was wearing another artist's t shirt. And we got to talking about music music and audio engineering stuff. He's like, Oh, my wife and I have a band. I'm like, Cool. What's the name of your band? And he told me a little bit about their recording and they went off to New York and did this and that. I'm like, Well, that's kind of nifty. And it was Fort Benton, so I he's like, "Well, here's our record," and I was like, "Cool, I'll listen to it on my way home." And it was like I said, Fort Benton. I didn't have a very high expectation, expectation bar, but I was I was just blown away. And it's quickly it quickly became my favorite record of the entire year. I feel
0: like we've talked about them we before, have, yes. but <clears throat> I so Jr has talked about them, really likes them, got them connected to play at the place where he does audio engineering regularly. This last Saturday. And I have tried to listen to some of their music and didn't honestly really connect with it, uh, oh, as nearly as much as he did. Kind of like they have a nice sound. Uh, they sing a lot of depressing things.
1: <laughs> their tagline is making sad things beautiful. Making sad things beautiful since
0: two thousand nine. Yeah, and um, but they're they're so J R asked them if they were Christians because, for example, in the middle of one song, she did this awesome, like ripping acapella version of rock, rock of ages, cleft for me. And they don't have that song anywhere out on music anywhere. So I can't replay it for you, which I spent hours looking afterwards because i really loved it but they were like well if you ask us if we're christians where it's a real long story and this is where you That and was I, his answer not That was her his answer. answer. This is where you and i really disagree. You're like, "Oh, you're a christian." And i was like, "Oh, no, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> if you say it's a long story, i have a complicated relationship with christianity. The answer is for me, in terms of my assumptions about that person, is you almost certainly don't believe in the cut and dry, clear gospel. I
1: would, I would argue that most of the people I've encountered with that answer are on the trajectory to just okay. wholesale rejection. Yes, but haven't completely wholesale rejected it yet. There's still enough longing, enough built-in spiritual, uh, spiritual longing,
0: and that they... they haven't. And they do, I mean, the the Rock of Ages one is not the only one that they incorporated old school oh, mm-hmm. hymn lyrics into their music. Although the other one where they were singing I'll Fly Away, apparently they couldn't include that on their record because they recorded it before it was...
1: Like what they say, like a year?
0: A, like two years. Before What's it became the... public domain. Public domain, that's the word. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, you wouldn't be able to find that one out in their music anyway. But I will have Jr. post. They filmed a one of their songs that I will share with Jr. and he can share with you guys on our show notes where they're standing on a bridge over the Marias River in Fort Benton. And I think the song is called Josephine. They have two songs that they recorded on the bridge. And one of them is, is in my opinion, more enjoyable than the other. And then they have another one called oeo literally just the letters oeo that i've been listening to over and over it's just very catchy and i'm actually going to pull up one of the see if i can pull up the lyrics for you guys uh it's part of what what caught my eye with the words is she when she was describing she said we actually wrote the chorus of this song they have four kids who are like three of the four are teenagers or in double digits now. So they're a bit ahead of us, but not much. She said, we wrote the chorus of the song because we were dancing in our kitchen with our kids when they were a little bit littler and like banging on whatever we could come up with for drums and singing the OEO of the, of the chorus of the song. And I, I mean, part of it, I can't figure out who exactly they're talking to at the beginning of the song, Cause he starts singing and he says, well, she tastes just like communion, like a fire in my chest. And I was only pushing blood before this, before these stones in the road, strange ways I haven't known.
1: Uh, oh, their lyricism, they're is Their lyricism is really beautiful.
0: But then, um so then he says, still, I love her anymore. Yes. And we will bang the drum and sing with all our might, the yo, eo yo. And then she says, which is the part that I find confusing. She then sings. From the ripple of your hair to the whisper of you there beneath your best dress, I love the way you dance, I love the way you sing, the feeling of your hands, the sound of your feet. Like, did he write this about her? Or is she now singing to, like, her kids? I don't know what they're singing to. Or if they just are like, there's some words that sound good together, which...
1: We'll leave it to the listener to interpret. Yeah, anyway... I know artists that write that one. The
0: lamplight reflected in the curve of your neck, the laughter on your lips, and the sweetness of your breath... And then they sing again. We will bang the drum and sing with all our might. And then they do this fun little danceable chorus. And then there's this bridge, which is what I really love. And she says, and when the darkness comes, we'll be standing with open arms and fearless hearts. Keep the fire burning in your spirit, because wherever you go, you're never alone. And she has this fantastic voice, and she kind of belts out really stunningly the you're never alone part. So... So, what I, like, I don't know what the rest of the song is saying, but it's very catchy, it's very danceable, and I just love that last bit, like, because I have shared, I feel like we talked about the Tucker Carlson-Brett Weinstein uh, interview a couple of weeks ago.
1: I Yeah, I think so.
0: Or have we just talked about it with each other. Anyway, you guys, the world is such a dark and uncertain place, and I was just you know, if you don't know, if you haven't listened to this Carlston Weinstein interview, this man named Brett Weinstein, who is a scientist, spent years in Panama doing scientific, like biology work or something with something going on near the Panama Canal. And he went back there because it's this there's this place in Panama where there's such dense jungle and mountains, and mostly just dense jungle, that there's no roads through there. So immigrants who are coming to flood the United States have to pass this, I can't remember what, it's the something gap.
1: Darien Gap. The
0: Darien Gap. So, and, and it's deadly. It's literally deadly and very dangerous, very arduous. And there are women with ch- mo- not a lot. Most of the immigrants are not women with children, but there are some women with children coming from more South of Panama as economic refugees to the United States who are making this very dangerous trip. But he, so he went to the Darien Gap and he said it's a completely different place in terms of the feel than where he was before. For example, There were some UN offices for scientists in this building, and it's now, like, occupied by people who are there to help the refugees, but it's very private and locked down, and they won't let Americans see what's going on there. And there are several different types of camps, and there's one camp that's uh, Spanish speakers, and it's almost all men, but they're friendly and they're they're happy to tell you what they're doing and why they're going and there's other camps that are you know there's a perimeter a military perimeter around the camps but the people in them are military aged chinese men and they will not talk to you they're very secretive they wouldn't let him take cameras inside the camp they got mad when he tried to the to try to like film or talk to people inside the camps And he said these people were not struggling financially. They were well-funded, and they also, according to him, seemed to have maps and information from the Chinese government on how to navigate this trip that they're taking to flood across the southern U.S. border. And his, his conclusion, which he was like, this is just me working out logically, was that there certainly seemed to be something nefarious going on with all of these well-funded, military-aged Chinese young men coming across the U.S. border, seemingly with the knowledge and possibly with the help of their own government. So anyway, I say all of that to say there is so much uncertainty in our world. Like We don't even have to look at the southern border crisis, which is not just a southern border border crisis. You just have to
1: look at our year.
0: Well, yeah, there I mean, it's not what Look I, at what your I'm,
1: personal year and and just see all the uncertainty, just soak it in. Soak in well, the fear and anxiety, people. I I'm kidding. yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, but in some ways, yes, but also um I just the the I picture myself saying the lyrics of this song with with a Christ-centered shade over mm-hmm. all of it that when the darkness comes, we'll be standing. Um but not not in fear. Right. But we have open arms and fearless hearts because we are we are within a community with great relationships. And I mean, this is me kind of vision casting a vision for our family. You know, whatever happens. I mean, it's no secret that we have the 400 pounds of wheat as a as a year long food supply so that you can go to Fort Benton for good quality food for us once a year. But also. So that if we can't get to Fort Benton or we can't get to a grocery store or there's no food in the grocery store for whatever reason, we still have a food supply. Uh, You know, so there's there's a twofold. I'm a big fan of just having a stockpile of food that we're eating anyway. Uh, So there's, you know, everybody knows or should know if they listen to us regularly that this is how, you know, at least a shade of how we're thinking about the world. But we have open open arms and fearless hearts that we're not approaching all of the darkness and all of the uncertainty in the world. And the fact that our electrical bill keeps skyrocketing and the fact that our grocery bill keeps going up, you know, even though supposedly inflation is under control (laughs) every time I go to the grocery store, I'm like, there is no, I don't know what factors people are using to say that inflation is under control now because it feels like every time I go to the grocery store, it's more and more expensive to come over. Whatever with the factor same stuff. they want. That's true. What is it? There's you can
1: make charts say anything you want.
0: There's lies, damned lies, and statistics. There it is. Uh. But anyway, when the darkness comes, we'll be standing with open arms and fearless hearts. Keep the fire burning in your spirit, because wherever you go, you're never alone. And I think they're talking about their own family relationships there. With wherever mm-hmm. you go, you're never alone. But of course, you know what we, what we impart to our kids and to those on whom we have the means to influence that the way you should approach what's going on with all of the fear and uncertainty in the world. And again, you know, if you were with us, the last time we recorded, we were talking about World War One and, you know, these children's books end with the main characters dying, <laughs> you know, like, like nothing about the global situation is cheerful necessarily right now. But we because of our position in Christ can approach all of this with open arms to other people and to the, to the people in our, you know, people outside of our family, as well as those closest to us in fearless hearts, not because we don't live in a fearful world, but because we know who wins in the end and then keep the fire burning in your spirit. Cause wherever you are, you're never alone because, because God has, Jesus has said I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like we're never alone because we have the best accompaniment on the planet, you know, watching over us and being with us and taking care of us. So anyway, that's what I think of when I hear that bridge. And uh, I'd love to hear if you guys listen to this song and enjoy it. Like I have for the that's last cool. couple of days.
1: I, my favorite, just cause you said it's a favorite song of yours. My favorite songs are on their losses CD and it's uh swallowed um uh, remedy swallowed and remedy and uh the sparrow are my three favorites on there which are really cool um i had somewhere i was going to go
0: and i just kept talking and you, you kept
1: talking and i forgot and i took another note show I'm note sorry. and i forgot it you guys if It's a little late in the game for me to be telling you this. This is normally something I say at the beginning of the show, but if you wanted to know where we go, I've got show notes in the notes, like time stamped, topically, because we don't always know where the shows are going to go. We just sit down and start chatting.
0: It's true. It's true. I do have. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So
1: this has been really kind of funny, you guys, through a weird contingent of circumstances, and it was actually this concert that made me think of this, because at the concert we'd invited, I invited a whole bunch of people in my world that nobody showed up. And then Molly invited a whole bunch of people in our mutual world and almost all of them showed up. And for the <laughs> most part, they were kind of the this, this single group, single crowd at our church. And um, if you guys know uh, anything about Molly, or if you've been paying attention to, over the years to our podcast, you'll know that she has a heart for singles. And uh, it's been kind of funny because this is the second kind of singles related thing we've been a part of. In the last, uh, I don't know, two weeks, we had a brief get-together at another recently divorced friend's house. She had a bunch of people, a bunch of singles come over, and she hosted kind of a pregame for the church's Valentine's dinner. And I said, well, I'm going to come and make cocktails for this pregame. And I did. And Molly came and prepped some hors d'oeuvres and appetizers, and we wore matching Carharttish aprons, and it was a super fun time. So apparently we're you know kind of doing... Singles things, which is cool. I mean, we used to do that stuff all the time, have them over for Friday night dinners and Mm -hmm. movie nights and things. And back before we had kids and we were tired all the time.
0: Yeah. And, and before you worked on Fridays and Saturdays.
1: Yeah. Oh, Hey, speaking of, speaking of, um, other life things, uh, I had my MRI results last week too, and I've got a torn rotator cuff, torn AC joint. This is
0: from a ski patrolling injury a year ago.
1: Well, not all of this is from that one injury. That one injury, like some of this has just been ongoing forever. Um, So yeah, torn rotator cuff, torn AC joint, torn bicep tendon, and I've got a little bit of arthritis. But they're
0: not completely torn. No, they're all partial tears.
1: And the arthritis is normal. But it was kind of funny because um, the surgeon, I had a a surgery consultation this morning because I didn't know, don't know if I'm going to do surgery or not do surgery, and I'm leaning towards not doing surgery. But he's like, This is this would all be normal. Man, you've got a oh, you got a lot lot messed up in there right now. He's like, But this whole like look at all this. This doesn't bother you at all? And I'm like, no. He goes, Man, cause that right there, mm, that it was some sort of build up from subscapular AC joint stuff. It was just rotator cuff stuff. It's just this build up. And it's super white and He's like, normally that body you, but I was like, no. I mean I've had problems. I've just had random little injuries, but didn't think anything of them. And he goes, yeah, that looks like it's been built. It's been there for a while, but
0: um,
1: anyway, Molly has me on uh, this uh, potion um, (laughs) of things that a friend of ours took when he needed uh, hip surgery.
0: He was he was a cowboy, grew up on a ranch in Wyoming, right? Like herding cows with on a horse, and there's a particular type of arthritis that cowboys tend to get their hips being splayed out and he was told he needed hip surgery for that and his wife told me that he'd been slated for hip surgery he almost couldn't walk because his hip was in such bad shape and she through talking to somebody at a health food store put him on a high dose of bromelain which is the enzyme in pineapple that breaks breaks down proteins and stuff
1: it's supposed to be really good it's labeled and really good for your digestion system
0: but then point number two like the two things that it helps with our digestion and joint health mm-hmm. it says that on the bottle yeah health.
1: and then the other one was uh hydro
0: hyaluronic acid.
1: acid and then
0: biocell
1: bio yeah biocell
0: bio something anyway bio-cell. um they're supposed to help with tissue rebuilding and then we i also got an ointment off of Amazon that JR can link, that it's a salve, actually not an ointment, and the primary ingredient in it is something called comfrey, which is the Native Americans would make salves out of it, and they called it knit bone. So supposedly it helps tissue, both bone and cartilage tissue, rebuild itself. It supports that, and it's a topical thing. You don't take comfrey internally. And you can grow it yourself. I have the seeds to try it this year, but I didn't get the seeds in time to get it in the ground last year. So I bought this Dr. Christopher's off of Amazon that came highly recommended. And we're gonna see if we can't help JR with some shoulder healing and as well as you're gonna do some targeted PT for Yeah,
1: I think we're gonna do some targeted PT. And I don't I don't need as the doctor said, I don't strictly need surgery. It's it's all dependent on range of motion. Usage and pain level and I can live with everything I have sometimes. Right
0: now. I mean, you go through times where you can't even lift up a stinking box. Sometimes.
1: You can it's live rare. with the
0: pain levels that you have now.
1: Yeah. But But anyway.
0: We're getting old, you guys. That was a fun that's live- another
1: fun add that to the whole week of madness. Thing.
0: Yep. Um okay, so something more cheerful and interesting to discuss before I go back into the madness. Alcohol uh i you guys i have discovered cooking chicken drumsticks it's my new telling everybody about them
1: did we talk about this last week
0: i don't think we talked about it i don't think we did did we i don't think we did i
1: don't think we did go ahead okay who cares we'll talk about it again because we have a new listener
0: a new listener?
1: I'm confident we're going to have one new listener this week.
0: Okay, cool. So, well, new listener. If everybody else has heard this out here, this is for you. It is possibly God-ordained that you heard this from us today. <laughs> just for you. Uh, awesome. So, so, chicken drumsticks are dark meat, like wings. And they you eat it off the bone, similarly to wings. It is a third of the price of buying wings. Go to Costco, get the chip chicken drumsticks pack... You can get a whole pack of it for 7 or $8. And I'm bringing some. We're going to visit some friends in for a ski trip this weekend. I'm going to bring two packs because they have two teenage boys. And I assume they'll eat the equivalent of one pack just themselves. But so you, I, I'll have JR share this recipe online or on our show notes. But you, you just put them on a sheet, preferably with like a tray above it so the juices can drip out. You sprinkle them with seasoning. I just use one of JR's. J.R. really likes this company called Meat Church. So I just use one of those. You sprinkle it pretty heavily with the seasoning, and then you let it sit in the fridge for a couple of hours up to a day so that it kind of dries out a little bit. And that's what's going to give you a really nice crisp skin on the outside. And the flavor from the seasonings also soaks in really well. And then you just cook it on your smoker. You could grill it, I suppose, as well, but we don't have a grill. We just have our Traeger at about 300 degrees for about an hour and a half. And it's hard to over one of the great things about it is it's hard to overcook dark meat. It doesn't dry out like a chicken breast. And it the longer you cook it, the more crispy and tasty the skin gets if you're going to eat the skin. And it's very similar, like I said before, to a chicken wing in terms of flavor and eating experience, but wings, you guys know they used to throw wings away, right? It was there's hardly any meat on a wing they used to just throw them in the garbage and some one day somebody was like i don't know let's put some seasoning on it and cook it and now they're one of the most expensive parts of the bird because it's a novelty to eat chicken wings a third of the price for chicken drumsticks you get the same experience they're delicious faith ate like three or four herself and kept asking for more and so anyway i'll have jr share this link but if you're having if you have a trigger and you're having a crowd over, it's a really easy, hands-off way, really affordable way to feed people a fun meal. So anyway, uh, chicken drumsticks. Also, last week, I found a recipe for homemade Nilla wafers. You know, like just good old Nilla wafers, like you eat out of the box or you put in banana pudding if you like bananas. And I don't like bananas, you guys. I try to eat them sometimes and I just... For my entire life, I've never liked bananas. But I love Nilla wafers. And I found this recipe that's, again, just normal flour, egg, sugar, salt, lots of vanilla, uh, and some milk. And it's very time-consuming to make them because you put teaspoon, half teaspoon size balls on your tray. And I doubled the recipe yesterday because I was going to make some for our trip. But I spent a lot of time making so
1: they remind tiny me <laughs> they remind me you guys, if you want to know what they're a little bit like, they're you know those little bags of like chips ahoy that you can get, the little teeny ones. Mm-hmm. They remind me of those, but way better flavor.
0: yeah, mine I, I must not be adding enough milk to it because they don't flatten out like the ones in the picture of the recipe that I found do they're they're more shaped like those tiny chips ahoy bags. And the first time I made them, it was for our church th- third graders, and I put sprinkles on the top of them for Valentine's Day last week. And then this time, I was when I was snacking on them, I was adding some cacao nibs like to a mouthful of them, and I mixed some cacao nibs in with them, thinking that it would make them taste like those little chips ahoy. It doesn't really. You can't really taste the cacao nibs. It just makes them a little bit crunchy on the inside.
1: I don't know. I thought I tasted them. Do you taste them? For sure. Okay. So anyway, one of the girls last week, uh, our third grade girls, like I watched her take one. She looked at it, kind of cocked her head, took a bite, cocked her head back and was like, nodded her head
0: (laughs) and threw (laughs) the whole thing in her mouth. (laughs) Kids are funny.
1: Kids are funny.
0: So anyway, if you're looking for a fun treat that's homemade, uh, there's an option for you to consider.
1: I shouldn't be yawning on the show. That is super bad. Yeah, now you're gonna form. make me
0: yawn because they're contagious.
1: I did, you guys. I did go back to my uh, peak green tea for mornings now, except this morning. I met my I met the guys from my Wednesday morning Bible study this morning, but the the tea and I will have a referral code down low. I love it. It's wonderful. But um, last week I was really struggling. Last week with just. Practically falling asleep at about two thirty. I mean, I was just like, wanted just I couldn't barely keep my eyes open. It's everything I could do. So I thought maybe if I'd switch back to this, it would help, and it's been helping.
0: Switching back to, to tea, green tea instead um, of coffee in the instead morning. of coffee
1: in the morning because I'm like now I can stay awake in the afternoon.
0: Mm. So totally I totally
1: full energy again. It's like yay. So
0: I have now. I've I've known that I should do this for a while, at least should based on the advice from people on the internet's but i have read for a while now that coffee first thing in the morning is not great for your body and for a number of reasons oh primarily the main reason that i wanted to switch out from it was that it it elevates your cortisol levels because you don't have protein offsetting uh the effect of coffee on your body and so i have successfully for several weeks now, put off having my morning coffee until about 10 o'clock. So I wake up, I make sure that I eat a high-protein meal within about 30 minutes of waking up. And I've noticed that... How do I say this delicately? Uh, you know what coffee does to your gut, to your digestive system. Uh, I feel like my body, with food in my system before coffee, is digesting food more thoroughly and probably absorbing nutrients because the coffee isn't like, Oh, you just ate something. Coffee acts here. like a
1: laxative. Yes. That's there what it you does. go. So anyway, um, no, my, my poops are all, uh, a lot better too on tea rather than having coffee first thing in the morning. Okay. Not going to lie. Um, there was a funny meme I posted where, uh, I found it on Instagram. It's literally like, cause I love coffee. You guys, there's nothing I love more than a really chill morning just drinking coffee for three hours straight. Like,
0: JR will go through two pots of coffee if you, if he just, I did love some coffee.
1: Yeah. I love coffee. Um, but this meme was pretty funny. It was, uh, the same, you know, how those people do like the same role, but they act two different parts.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like coffee drinkers in the morning or something like that. <laughs> and it's this guy drinking tea and he's like, you know, you really should drink tea. It's my blah, 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 does all this, all this other stuff. And, and the coffee guy's just sitting you know, there looking really grumbly with his cup of coffee. He's like, shut the F up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, this is literally me. This is going on internally with me every morning. I'm making this argument why I should drink tea. I just want my coffee and the tea guy needs to shut up. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I enjoy, I've for years I've only done one cup of coffee a day because more than that makes me jittery. But I, I find myself really looking forward to at 10-ish I will make myself... A, my she's got
1: a latte going. She's steaming milk. She's I got do. ingredients I do. I've got my milk sauces. frother
0: no. that I recommend the milk, to people the all milk the time. frother is in our strong. Is
1: in our show notes too. The link for that. Molly's favorite. She packs it with her on a trip.
0: I do. I bring it's it with me places. It... Are you gonna
1: bring it to Florida in a few weeks? No. You should.
0: I what am I Then I have to source milk and all the things to go and wash it in the hotel? Yeah. All right. Maybe I, it's not a great I don't idea. know that we'll even have space to store food in our hotel, but anyway, um yeah, so I use honey and raw cacao for my mocha and I steam and froth my milk in my little milk frother and it's um it's a great treat that I can look forward to, but after I've Got my blood sugar stabilized in the morning, and my body is more appropriately fueled than with just coffee. Uh, Okay, I'm going to dive back into something that somebody from college posted on Instagram. I think it was just yesterday, and I was, uh, I wasn't quite incensed, but I was really irritated And
1: (laughs) did you let him have it? I I
0: did not. Okay. The wrath
1: of Molly. No,
0: no. And, and I didn't let them have it because the internet with somebody you haven't actually seen in person for what I'm 44. I graduated from college when I was 22. She graduated the year before I did. She's 21. So when I was 21, I haven't seen this person in person in 23 years, right? If it wasn't for the internet, I probably would have forgotten that she existed. Or at least she would be a faint Are you memory. You're forty four. You
1: don't look 44 you do not look forty four at all. I, I feel every. For I feel every day of it. Ah, uh, you look really good for forty
0: four. Um. So you know. So it's just one of those funny things that the internet makes your circle and your exposure wider than it necessarily you were designed for it to be. Right. You're designed to have a network of in-person relationships, and sociologists will say, you know, you you were designed to have this many close friends. You know, a, hand, a very small handful of close friends. And then this network of decent friends and then a broader network of of acquaintances. And historically speaking, this has been true of humanity. The internet
1: is my broader network of of acquaintances. Well,
0: right. So, so the way that humans actually have relationships and think about relationships has changed because of the internet. So this is just one of those people where she would be a memory of somebody who was fun and uh, that I knew – I mean – You know, she would have been, like, in circle two of my relationships. Anyway, she is—I should have known then because she was Catholic and she was on birth control, uh, not for, like, her skin. You know, which, you know, with all the Catholics that I work with now, I'm like, oh, that should have told me something about where she would probably fall politically. But anyway, all that to say— She posts on Instagram yesterday, this, uh, it's a picture of Matthew Shepard. If you guys don't remember who Matthew Shepard was, he, in 1998, he was murdered in Laramie, Wyoming, which is where my parents met and got married and my dad grew up there. Uh, and it was, he was, he was gay, And it was cast as this retro, you know, not retro, regressive, bigoted cowboy town, couldn't handle having a gay college kid there. I mean, 1998, That was a senior in high school. I very clearly remember this. And um, so it's cast in this way. He's brutally murdered. And it makes national news. There was actually a play made about his life and death. And then high schools around the country performed this play, I, after I read this, I was racking my brain trying to remember not too long ago, I either read an article or listened to a podcast of somebody who for some reason had felt compelled to investigate the Matthew Shepard thing. She'd actually been in the play when she was in high school. So she very much had identified with this, you know, let's be more tolerant. Let's make the world a safe place for gay kids. It was one hundred percent a drug deal gone bad, and he tried to screw over two other guys that he had had sex with. So these guys were not bigoted like they were in the gay community, but he was trying to I rob. I remember th- hearing about. He this. It was he it was absolutely a drug deal. There was the guys yeah. who were eventually arrested were part of the gay community at his in his college, and he was trying to steal drugs from them. Is how this all went down. Uh, But he is now enshrined in national memory as the gay kid who was beaten to death because he was gay. Yeah, one of the first gay martyrs in modern America. So so this meme that she posted was a picture of him, 1998, gay student beaten, left for dead on Wyoming fence. And then underneath it it is 2024. Uh, there was a non-binary teen named Nex Benedict who died after being attacked by peers in a school bathroom. Now, I have not at all had the time to research anything about Nex Benedict. I feel like I've heard some of this stuff on the peripheries. Uh, Nex appears female to me as I'm looking at this picture. Nex also appears to have blue hair, in one of the, the two next pictures. is non-binary,
1: so it could be female or male. Yeah, doesn't but, identify but, with either.
0: Right. But facial features next is a girl. I mean, you can't you can't actually change like bone structure in your face. Next is a girl. Um, and here's here's the part that just. OK, so first of all, we're equating... <laughs> Molly's in sense
1: now she can't even speak.
0: No. OK, so so there's so many ways that you could take this down. And the, the question that was on me, as I'm thinking there are so many ways I could take this down, starting with the Matthew Shepard thing, is you can't equate—I don't know the circumstances under which Nex died. I probably should have researched that before starting to talk on the air right now, but I didn't. Uh, what I do know is, based on what I know of the modern American media, the circumstances of Nex's death are probably different than what are being published. Uh I'd never trust something the modern American media tells me about something in this realm. I mean, Matthew Shepard had entire plays made about him, and that was well we still mostly trusted the modern American media okay so so that's point number one. What are the real circumstances of Nex's death? Nobody knows. I mean, odds are good if I had to make assumptions that there were probably drugs or mental health disorders in play that's just a guess offhand so so that was my first don't equate matthew Shepard with some if somebody had a like actually died from being targeted as a sexual minority don't equate it to matthew Shepard because that's a false equation my second is okay do we really trust what we read my third is so then it goes on to this uh uh This, okay, I'll just read it. You took away their books. You took away their health care. You took away their ability to use the right bathroom. You fired the teachers who kept them safe. You demonized them on television, on Twitter, all in the name of, quote unquote, protecting children. Okay, so now they're laying Nexus death at the feet of people like me. Yep. Who are like, hey, guess what? I don't want books depicting very graphic sexual things in the children's section of a public library or in a kid's school library. And I know that these things are happening. And I know that people aren't blowing them out of proportion because I see videos of people reading excerpts of books that are very pornographic in like school board meetings and they shut them down. They say, you can't read that aloud. This meeting is televised. You can't say things like that. Mm-hmm. In a public sphere like that. And they're like, why is this in a school in a public school library where a second <clears throat> grader can read it then? Like, very graphic okay. descriptions of sexual acts that are being done sometimes by, like, children to their teachers. And these are all being—or children to aliens or whatever. I sent Jr. an excerpt of a book that's in two of the three public high school libraries here in Billings. And I did not follow up on this, but it's ostensibly this Japanese— anime, graphic novel sort of thing. And uh, it's the teachers are aliens who are maybe like invasive. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly the The premise
1: was these teachers were aliens who were trying to invade the planet or something like that and the students were then forced to kill their teachers who were actually aliens.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and so the idea is that they're encouraging them to shoot their teachers. And So, so right. So there's this premise, but also there are things in it where the students are like, I've always fantasized about shooting up my classroom and now I actually get to do it. I've always wished I could kill my teachers. These are actual quotes in a book that's in a public library. That's not sexual, but it's just, it's astounding to me that people get defensive Mm -hmm. of what our public funds are going to put in the hands of like, so when I wrote a letter to the school board about this, I was like, if somebody were to write a quote from this on a sticky note and put it and leave it in a bathroom, you would evacuate the school and there would be a full on investigation. And this would literally just be a quote from a book uh, that you're putting in the public library or in the in the library. Like if you can't have a student write a quote and leave it on a sticky note on a mirror in a bathroom, You probably shouldn't have that book available to your students. It's ironic
1: to me, too, that in some parts of culture, people are just anti certain parts of literature so much so that we have to, like, basically burn bad books. And here it's like, we've got to protect these books. Yeah, like, we can't, we took
0: Laura Ingalls Wilder out of the public libraries because Ma had a very typical opinion in those days about Native Americans. And Laura's not even necessarily, as she's writing about her mom, she's not saying that she's right. Like, when they lived Mm -hmm. um, on the shores of Silver Lake and some of those, there was an Indian that her dad had befriended because he worked in the railroad camps, and he was a a man that her dad trusted and considered a friend, and he came to their home, and her mom absolutely was terrified. Um, She tried to keep it under control, but she was shaking and she was scared, and you know they used language of the day like injun or something and those books are now taken out of libraries because it was a whole, an accurate historical representation of how people of the day felt about native americans and yet Laura was trying to like show that her mom needed to have we're at a point in culture where people can't even that.
1: handle knowing what the truth was back then yeah it's like true. it's not even that this is it's not even it's not the environment we live in today. You can't even handle knowing
0: what that was like. Which, That's to, amazing to, to be fair, I want to try really hard to not be that person. Because there are parts of our our own history. So, for example, um, one of the World War One books that we read a couple of weeks ago was... Uh, there was a... They're called the Harlem Hellfighters. There was a regiment of... Uh, this, you know, this is... World War I, so, what, 30 years after the Civil War? Almost 40 years after the Civil War. Still, obviously, horrible segregation, and there was a a content... In order to show how much they loved America, a lot of black men enlisted to fight in the war, but um, white American soldiers would not fight with them, to the point where there was a regiment, from all from New York City... And they were assigned to work with a French, a portion of the French army because American white soldiers would not fight alongside them. Well, they turned out to be brilliant, incredibly fierce. Like there's a story. I think his name was Johnson. I can't remember his first his first name or what his position was. But he was like on a perimeter patrol. And he was like, there are people sneaking into our camp. So he sent his partner to get French backup. And sure enough, he got mobbed by, like, 40 German troops in the dark. And once he ran out of bullets, fighting, shooting them off, he then resorted to, like, beating them with his gun. And then when his gun broke, he pulled, like, a knife out of his boot. And they called him the Black Death. The Germans (laughs) called him the Black Death. Because not only did he survive having, like, this whole group of Germans attack him... The few that survived him, he killed, like, I don't even remember the number. I don't want to say a number because I can't remember. He killed or fought off a lot of German troops. So they literally referred to him as the Black Death. And in the midst of that, they also had their unique type of music that they came back to the States and toured the country where they blended a bunch of different styles of music, and you can go on YouTube and you can listen to these recordings. Anyway, all that to say, I, you know, there's this flash of shame and I don't want my, you know, not, there was this momentary thought as, you know, this is just in the stack of books I've gotten from World War One. There was this thought of, you know, we can skim over this or we can really dive into, let's, let's watch some stories about these people on YouTube and all of them talk about, the shame and the discrimination and you know this this is not a beautiful part of American history that white soldiers refuse to fight alongside true their black true,
1: true racism, not the racism of twenty twenty. Yeah and so years, is one of the most egregious evil acts on the planet.
0: And and we you know when I When I think about, you know, like the George Floyd stuff and stuff, I don't want to be so, I don't want to get defensive of like where legitimate wrongs have been done and are still being done to minority, ethnic Mm -hmm. minorities within our own borders. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to get defensive or shy away. And whenever, you know, I see somebody on the, you know, on the opposite side reacting to something, I want to make sure that I'm not their mirror image of it from the conservative side. And I think that the tendency of my heart is to be that way. Yeah. So so all that to say, um, you know, the book banning and stuff, it, it trying to get Laura Ingalls Wilder out of a public school library because of Ma's attitude toward Indians, though, is very different than banning books that are introducing... Age-inappropriate concepts or just flat-out inappropriate, no matter the age, to kids. And also, we're not trying to burn the books. We're just trying to keep them in their appropriate place. Like, Mm -hmm. I suppose if—I suppose if a teenager wants to have access to books depicting graphic, you know, graphic novels depicting graphic sexual acts that, you know, I don't—you know, I— I suppose there's a, a time and place for those. I don't want my tax money spent on that. And I also don't think it's appropriate to be introducing that to teenage kids. Anyway, so, so the, the book banning, you know, like you, you banned their books. We didn't take away their books. To have, you know, a, it's very, very developmentally harmful to a young child to make them have to question more things in life then their brains are built to question. So for a kindergartner, for them to have to start figuring out if they're a boy or a girl, which Erin, who listens to us, texted me the other day because she has a kid who's at the age where they just go around going, the dog is a boy, and dad's a boy, and mom's a girl, and I'm a girl. And if you've had a kid who's, this is like preschool age, Mm -hmm. where they're becoming aware of gender, there's sex differences, and they're like just very concrete. It is very black and white, like most things. Most living things are either boys or girls, and so kids go around, and then they think that it's silly and fun to twist things, you know. So they'll say, you know, our dog is a girl, and you laugh because you all know that that's not true, and it's a silly way of kids flexing their humor muscles and whatnot. But to add that level of of questioning to a kid's brain uh, is actually developmentally and psychologically harmful for them. Likewise with a teenager to add levels of questioning about gender, when you're going through puberty, your brain is literally dissolving parts of its connections and rebuilding. And it's like a 10 year process. And they, we refer to this in our house as mush brain, the teenage mush brain. And it's it's actually something that you can see on MRIs and to add in that extra layer of as they're trying to figure out who am I, what do I want to be when I grow up, what is my place in this world, what's my identity amongst my friend group to to take away one of the givens, which is one of the most foundational givens, which is, you know, how do I fit in with this group of girls because I am a girl you take that uh, that given away from them and you create a tremendous amount of um angst and anxiety truthfully that mm-hmm. you know so it's not that we're t- trying to take away anyway this th- you took away their books you took away their health care what health care did we take away from them nobody's taken I mean any like <laughs> half the states in the country I mean illegal immigrants are getting free sex changes you join the military you get a free sex change you Sneeze at Planned Parenthood and they write you a prescription for testosterone. I kid you not. You can go into Planned Parenthood in most states in I'm gonna America today. i go get
1: a prescription for and testosterone. And you can get a... And I will... <clears throat> you guys,
0: I will, I will send JR a link to a testimony from somebody named Helena Kirshner, who literally the day she turned 18, she had identified as transgender for the second half of high school. The day she turned 18... She went to Illinois. She didn't live in a state where where they could do this. She went to Illinois. She had an appointment at Planned Parenthood. She convinced, She talked to the psychiatrist literally for about half an hour, and she told them, I'm so convinced that I'm behind the curve on my transition because I couldn't transition on my own in my state. I really need a double dose of the testosterone. They wrote her a year-long prescription for a double dose of testosterone, and she had zero follow-ups with them. Um. She like it destroyed her body. She had like heart issues. She gained a bunch of weight. She was having rage issues because testosterone makes you more angry than you know other you know female hormones. She started cutting herself. She was breaking things in her house, and so then she's like literally committed to a psych ward. And they're like, we don't know why this is happening to you. She's like, not a single person thought that maybe it had something to do with my testosterone. And then when I started talking to people about, like, could this be a link, they gaslighted her and were like, no, no, that's absolutely not a reason. By the way, uh, transgender shooters are on the rise, female to male transgender shooters who are on testosterone. I mean, think about that the next time you see a shooter who they won't talk about the gender of. I feel
1: like this is an appropriate time to, uh, I'm going to share this on um, Telegram, our Telegram group, but it was my favorite meme that just, I saw just my new favorite meme that just came through. It's a picture of Prince with a quote. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Cited, Bob Dylan, the drummer, Metallica.
0: (laughs) So like absolutely
1: nothing. Absolutely nothing is correct in that. I'm like,
0: yes so, so anyway, uh, all that to say, like why why are you saying you took away their health care because there's like three states that have banned transgender surgery, oh my gosh, or is it, or are we talking about healthcare care about with abortion and that's I a saw somebody I
1: saw somebody post, so I remember you like somebody else in my circle post something just as stupid about um homosexuality and it was a, another false equation where they're like you you know you say this is wrong etc but what about what about lying what about stealing what about cheating what about gossip what about all that and you're like yes half the, stuff, half the stuff was in leviticus and i'm like well yeah also wrong and you can't what do you even this doesn't even make any sense i couldn't even like argue with it because it's like
0: I know. It's, I'm just like this is just there's so many things you wrong can't with even it. connect. This isn't
1: even a cohesive argument right now.
0: You took away their ability to use the right bathroom. I mean, oh my gosh, you demonize them on television and Twitter. Like, where these people are not watching the television and Twitter? The very small niche where they're demonized. I mean, even Fox News these days is fine with, with all the things. You fired the teachers who kept them safe. No, the teachers who have been fired are the ones who have been molesting kids. Literally, those are the ones who have been fired. Uh, all in the name of quote-unquote protecting children. So here's the here's the the, the gotcha, like real soccer punch that she, this friend of mine posted. If you've bought into the idea that children must be quote-unquote protected from queerness, you are participating in a hate movement. And I am not angry with you. I am angry with the people who duped you into thinking that you were doing something good for kids. People who have so much to gain politically and financially from your support. They are too far gone, but you are not. Turn around and love all oh, kids. Geez. Love gay and trans kids. They are dying and they need you. Okay, first of all, using the threat of this kid will commit suicide if they're not... Um,
1: Let's ask about why they want to commit suicide so badly. Let's go back it, to the source. They're dying and they need you. Well, why are they dying? Well, here's Not the, because we're killing Okay, all...
0: here's the thing. First of all... Um, the threat of suicide, if you, there are entire websites coaching kids about what to say. Do
1: you like how I teach you up for that?
0: Yeah. There, there are entire websites coaching kids what to say in order to get fast-tracked onto the drugs. And, okay, here's another article that I could send you, and uh, I'm debating if I should. Anyway, there's there's a gal who is the head of a hospital in Finland, and based on a series of studies that Is are, it
1: a public article? It is. Okay.
0: Um, based on a series of studies that were done in Holland, they're called the Dutch Studies. They were um they were what's the word I'm looking for? The their methodology, they were methodologically flawed on a number of levels. But this small study that are called the Dutch Studies was the basis for what is now called the standard of care for trans identifying kids across the West. Well, um, anyway, like I said, the Dutch studies are flawed on a number of levels. America cites those, the Dutch studies, as like the basis for what is called gender-affirming care here. Um, but this gal in Finland, because they have nationalized health care, she gets an order from above. Okay, so the Dutch studies, this is our standard of care for trans-identifying kids. And she said that she and her peers, who were seeing patients and then reading patient reports they were using the same story and they were using the same phrasing. And so they started figuring out that they were getting coaching online from different websites about what to come to the hospitals to say to the psychiatrist to say in order to get on the gender affirming care, which is hormones and, and eventually surgery path. And so she was like, you know, I'm a scientist And my peers and I scientifically started to find this really fishy. Long story short, Finland has decided that the Dutch studies are bunk, and they, like a lot of Europe, doesn't do gender-affirming care anymore because they believe that there are mental health issues at the root driving kids' disease with themselves and their desire to transition those those deeper issues are things that psychiatrists can and should be dealing with without permanently mutilating the bodies of these kids and furthering the delusions that they're having. But one of the things that kids are getting coaching on is to threaten to commit suicide. And then all bets are off. Like if if this kid's going to die by, at their own hands if they don't get this gender-affirming care the parents and the other people who might oppose it, their hands are tied, right? Like, well, if you don't do this or could you do, would you rather have a dead kid or a trans kid? Is it? You should
1: anonymously inundate this gal, this friend of yours I, you with articles and research.
0: I, you can't anonymously inundate something. So here's, okay. You all can. of this to say, all of a sudden lit- you start
1: getting random emails.
0: Literally. I haven't been, I don't know how to get in touch with her except for Facebook and Instagram.
1: Okay. never mind that.
0: Um, but okay. So this actually goes to the other. So, like I said, I can Fake I can pick apart Facebook. literally every part of this because mm-hmm. it's silly. I am not trying to... Like, I have not... There's nobody who stands to gain anything politically or financially from trying to stop this train that is barreling out of control in America. You know what does stand to gain financially? Like, all of the psychiatrists who are fast-tracking kids through, they stand to gain in terms of standing. Like... You can lose your license in some states now if, if you're not doing, quote-unquote, affirming care. Uh, you are medicalizing kids for life. You can't, once you transition, your body doesn't magically start producing the hormones of the opposite sex. You're giving yourself a shot once a week for the rest of your life. And if you start having the surgeries... A lot of those people are medically damaged for life and they just go from one infection to the next until one until an infection dies that kills them. Uh, so all of that to say, like the idea that we by trying to protect not just our kids, but kids and the future of America. I mean, the number of kids that are being medically castrated right now is putting the economic future of our country at risk. Also, the low birth rate and other things. But uh, anyway. At
1: risk? We've been at risk for a while. We're done.
0: Um, we, we actually have just dropped below, if I know my data correctly, we've just dropped below replacement. Uh, where places like Japan and Korea are literally on a path to extinction because they've been, I think replacement is like 2.6 kids for every couple. Uh, Japan and Korea are well below one kid for every couple couple and there are people who are not getting married and stuff they are they are yeah, toast they actually cannot we're already
1: toast yes we can't come but, back from a we that's um, my that's my prediction yeah
0: well we so. have we have immigrants something's
1: gonna change gonna, yeah. yeah and that's gonna change the entire And the lord
0: is in control the lord is on his throne and we can face whatever future with all the kids that we chose to have yep. with what's the line from the lucky valentine's open hearts and open hands and fearless hearts because we're not alone um absolutely all of that what what was running through the back of my mind as I was reading all of this, besides that I can debunk every ridiculous thing you that you just said, was, to, you know, you're like, inundate her, you know, with something anonymous. I had just listened to a podcast, and I'm going to pull it up. Um, This gal that I follow on Instagram, and here's one of the good things about Instagram, right? She had recommended a Sinclair Ferguson podcast where he is... Um uh going through it Things Unseen, which is a book that he wrote, I'm fairly mm-hmm. certain. Yeah, no, that's uh, the one
1: I this one we went through in one of my Bible studies. Oh, okay,
0: so Things Unseen with Sinclair Ferguson. It's a podcast from League Ministries. If you just do a search on whatever podcast server you use for Sinclair Ferguson, Things Unseen, you'll come up with it. And she had said that the one he's going through the fruits of the spirit. And so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And now I want to go back and listen to the others. But he was meditating on goodness. The fruit of the Spirit, which is something that is evidenced in human beings, right, is goodness. He said there are very, very few places in Scripture that refer to a person as good. You know, if you think about good the, mm-hmm. the first thing that pops to my mind is when the when whoever says to Jesus, good teacher, and he says, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. But there is one person in the Gospels who is referred to as good, and it's Joseph of Arimathea. And so he does this kind of extended verbal meditation about why would the Gospels have specifically said he was a good man? He's part of the Sanhedrin. But he obviously did not approve of killing Jesus uh, as part of the council of people who did approve that. So, you know, he was like, what what was his role in dissenting? What did that look like? He then, after his fellow Sanhedrin members chose to have Jesus killed on the cross, he stuck his neck out and he asked for Jesus's body. And he and Nicodemus, and he said, "I, I can only imagined that Nicodemus had shared with him his conversation with Jesus, which was, how does one become born again? Um, So these two go to get Jesus' body and to bury Jesus' body in the tomb owned by Joseph of Arimathea. And he said, I think that at least something that caused the Holy Spirit-inspired gospel writer to say Joseph of Arimathea was a good man was because he stuck his neck out and did what was right and true, even though he would pay a price for it, even though he knew that it would cost him in terms of social standing or in other ways. And so it was just very interesting having this, a good person by the gospel's definition of a good person is somebody who is willing to stick their neck out for what is true when it will cost them something.
1: Hmm.
0: And are you, he then concludes it's literally just a five minute meditation, totally worth taking the time to listen to. Uh, And then probably all of the others in the series, which is more than five minutes then. But so the question that he leaves you with is, are you a good person by that definition? And so I have that lingering in my mind while I'm reading this from this friend, you know, old friend, acquaintance, uh, you know, and just to thinking in my head, you know, is there an appropriate way to push back on what she has said here that I am a bad person for wanting to protect children and not just my children, but all children from what I believe is very, very damaging To their bodies and their souls, which is to sever the, you know, I mean, if you want to get really geeky on us, it's this Greek Gnostic idea that there is something distinct and different about what goes on in your body and what goes on in the, the soul, the invisible part of you about who you are. And a biblical perspective on this is they're intrinsically combined. And you cannot be a healthy, whole, happy person. And the author Abigail Favalli, that I've been reading a lot of recently in her book *The Genesis of Gender*, she actually makes the case that if you, by divorcing your body from your identity, she makes the case that you cannot interact as a whole person, as a healthy, whole person, really with anything else in society. Your view of creation care is going to be off. Your view of other people, obviously your view of yourself with your creator, if you believe that you have a creator, all of these are going to be fractured because it's starting at root with a fractured view of yourself. And so anyway, all of that to say, I, you know, wanting to be a good person by that Sinclair Ferguson definition of standing up for what's right, chose to keep my, keep silent <laughs> In the face of somebody saying something on Instagram, but I think that
1: I mean you have you the only thing you would stand to lose is a relationship you really don't have. Yeah. But in my experience, uh, engaging in on specifically online discussions like that are largely fruit, fruitless. Fruitless. Yeah. Because the the other party will just dig in their heels even more. They're already convinced in their ways. So they just yeah. want to. Sh- send it out to everybody else to feel good about themselves. Yeah. They're not looking to discuss. They're looking to feel better about themselves.
0: Yes. I, I convey an emotion
1: or something that makes them upset.
0: Yeah. So uh, the fact that I've now spent almost an hour talking about it (laughs) and and mulling it over, makes me wonder though, if there would have, you know, if for my own conscience, if I should have said something
1: still, still time,
0: uh, it's probably gone from her stories and I don't really want to like chase her down, but, um, you know, I'm now mindful of, is it, Timothy, where is it? Always be prepared to give an answer. Why
1: don't you? Why don't you post it on our blog and pick it apart there over a series in one post or over a series of posts?
0: I'll think about it. Be some good.
1: Be some good. You could keep her anonymous, but that would be some really good uh, material for for everybody. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm going to stop you though because we're at an hour well over an hour
0: yes well um, over an hour
1: long time over an hour so you know what we're just given? giving
0: people their money's worth because we didn't i was we didn't record last week oh
1: that's just what i was going to say yeah so you guys <laughs> there'll be a lot of notes in the show notes um i'll link most of the stuff that we've talked about here that's relevant um if you want to join our telegram group that we mentioned once or twice uh, that is a private group on tel- private chat group on Telegram. There's about s- I haven't looked at recent memberships. I don't know how many members are on there right now. I
0: think now. there's
1: 59, but um, probably about 10, 15 of those are really active, and the rest just pop in every now and then. Um, so that said, the biggest uh, there's another the other way you'd like you can reach or get a hold of us if you want to is through our website www to flush all grammatically correct. Dot com or tb2f.com. We also have a, a Rumble account and an Instagram account and a Facebook account, although we don't post too often there to either of those, So, uh, or check those very regularly. So the best thing you would want to do is get a hold of us on the old emails. Um, if you go to the website, scroll down, there's a send us a postcard. That's what I'm... That's that. Um, man, my clothes is really disjointed tonight. Today. Um, but anyway, that's... You can get a hold of us while you're there. Order yourself uh, a shirt or a hat or something. we got a couple of cool lines of product there. And um, we'd love to hear from you. If uh, you want to share us with your friends, that is the biggest compliment that you can give us, is to share us with somebody else who you think would enjoy us. So please do. We're on all your major f- streaming platforms for podcasts and would love to um, be introduced to somebody else. So. That said, and I say this every show, we are uh, a weekly, inconsistently weekly podcast. (laughs) And uh, as this last week and a half has proven. So, Lord willing, we'll be with you next week. Anything else?